Okay, as in go. Sorry, one second. Fork Tales, a podcast that feeds the food and beverage world. Oh, awesome. Tales is brought to you by Vigor, a branding and marketing agency for passion-driven, innovative restaurant, beverage, and hospitality brands. Learn more at VigorBranding.com. If you love what we're serving up, please give Forktails a five-star review on your podcast service of choice. Think of it as a tip for good service. Hey everyone, today I'm joined by Carl Travis from Hager International. They are an architecture firm, plus a lot more actually. I'll let Carl give you the uh, scoop on that. Uh, Carl, thanks for being on the show. Why don't you tell everyone what you do, who you do it for, and a little bit of the magic. Uh, hi, Joseph. Um, thanks so much for having me on on your podcast. Uh, I've been following you for, well, since you started your, your uh, Fork Tales, and uh, I'm learning lots, and I thank you for that. Um, well, my name is Carl Travis. Um, um, an interior designer. Uh, I'm a partner at uh, Hager Design International Inc. in uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada. And we're a little wet right now because we had some pretty big uh, storms, but uh, we're getting through it. Um, no, I haven't gone out and panic buy bought yet, but um, everybody else is. And uh, I think <laughs> that's, uh, you know, uh, an interesting um, sort of thing that's happening up here. But um, we're uh, we're hospitality designers, and we uh, specialize in uh, restaurants, hotels, and uh, we do also do senior living um, mm-hmm. across Canada and uh, the United States. And um, we we love what we do. Uh, we uh, we've been doing this for for many years. I've been with uh, Hager uh, for nine years now. And uh, Doris Hager, who's the uh, Hager of Hager Design International, she's been running this for, I'm going to say, over 30 years um, and leave it at that. Yeah. But, um, she's uh, she's grown this business from uh, from herself, um, from Toronto to Vancouver and uh, has been here for for many years. And uh, we operate in the um, in the, the Kitsilano area of uh, Vancouver, uh, which is, you know, pretty close to the airport. Um, not pretty close, but uh, accessible. So, yeah, we we, we do. I, I personally do uh, most of the uh, restaurant design in uh, in the office and head up a small group of of uh, very uh, talented and dedicated designers and technologists to uh, to help roll out uh, various QSR clients of ours. As well as we do some um, some one-off, um, you know, independent restaurants that we love to uh, to dig our teeth into. So nice. Yeah, and we got acquainted because we we uh, collaborated on a project uh, years ago for Great Wraps uh, as they tried to enter into Canada. It was a really good scenario, and I think we had good dialogue. And then, of course, connected on LinkedIn, and um, you're very active on there, absorbing uh, articles that are posted. I, I see us commenting on similar articles at times, uh, and so that that's what prompted the reach out. And uh, there's a lot going on in the industry. There always is, but I think right now it's even more noticeable. And from a interior design and architecture and just restaurant quote-unquote design uh, scenario there are so many shifts happening as a result of the behavioral shifts that we saw um, with humans in general consumers um, and how designers are i want to say reacting and absorbing and developing new solutions so i think in particular many of the large 
restaurant brands out there right now have made drastic shifts to their service models. So, um, you know, take your standard issue uh, QSR fast casual where you walk up, you order at a P, you know point of sale moment, wait for your food and either dine in or take it home. There was light, I would say light delivery happening. Um, but for the most part, things like drive throughs were shunned and frowned upon with especially the higher end QSRs and, and fast casuals. What, what are your hot takes on these shifts? And do you think it's an overcorrection? Well, it was it was interesting what you said about drive-throughs just at the at the end there about being shunned. But um, what also shunned it was uh, city council that I found that they 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 want to limit the amount of drive-through because uh, of the uh, environmental factor as well because of uh, idling cars and, and stuff like that. It just popped into my head, but that was something that um, that you prompted me on that. But I mean. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely changed. We all know it. We all see it, and uh, we're we're adapting uh, somewhat to it now. Um, yeah, it was just you walk in, you order your food, you get it in a bag, or you get it on a tray, and you go eat or take it away, or you know maybe there's a patio, you know maybe there's um, a drive-through, but um, I think I think there there is is a potential for overcorrection. But it really depends on on what you know. As you said, the the boardrooms of these large companies have some very smart people, and 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 they they pay the money to to do the um, do the research. So is it a, an overcorrection? As you as you said, um, yes and no. I think um, it's it's giving people options, and it's giving people the option to not interact with other people um and but also you you can interact with people if you want to so it's choice it's all about choice in 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 my mind so um for instance shake shack uh we don't have shake shack in canada but um i i read a, a while ago that they had this you know double drive through triple drive through um extravaganza <laughs> really and it was you know two lanes with menu boards uh one lane only for app pickup and then you know um maybe i'm i'm confusing it with taco bell or even mcdonald's you know they're they're uh, mcdonald's is they're they're way ahead of the game uh, they always were even be- before the pandemic they'd started doing curbside pickup yep. apps and, and double drive-throughs so everybody's kind of following along there but um you know um expanding it to you know the app drive-through and um even pre-pandemic i was uh, working on a, a a project in crown point indiana uh it was freshy which is a canadian company and they had a drive-through and i asked the project manager i said where's the menu board he says, there's no menu board here really first time i ever heard of it it's only for apps so if you don't have an app, you can't use it. But there's still the option to do the regular go in, order from the counter, and, and whatever. So looking at Shake Shack, um, they've their 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 model there where they they I don't believe they built one yet, uh, and they want to roll out ten of them. They have the double drive through menu boards. They have the the app pickup drive through. They have you know the the option to do curbside pickup. You can obviously probably do uh, everybody's doing the third-party delivery, uh, but you can also order, go to a food locker, 
pick up your food there. It's all app based, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you know go into the uh, r- the restaurant itself and do the same old same old. Um, so it's 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 options, it's choices. Yeah, it's interesting. So you know, going into the inside, I, you know, uh, we'll we'll talk about drive through in a minute. But <clears throat> the the locker systems have definitely taken hold. And I think what, one of the fastest growing franchises right now is uh, a gentleman I had on the show not too long ago, um, Stratus Morfogan, and, and he's heading up the Brooklyn Dumpling Shop. And that whole thing is just the locker. So, you know, I don't, I don't even think they have a, P, a, PO, a point of sale. They don't, they don't have a system or a place that you can order. It's all you, you order, your food gets put into a locker, you open the locker, you take it, you go. And I, I would say that is the most extreme shift where you're completely stepping away from dining altogether and it's all automated which you can see the appeal from investors it's very low cost of entry you don't need a lot of labor and the food is delicious from, from what i understand and what i've read on yelp reviews so that that's one thing and then we just saw i believe it was yesterday or the day before uh starbucks and amazon teaming up where they don't have they're going to have a non-pos scenario it's going to be kiosk app ordering only and you just have a barista slinging drinks. Um, do, do you think all of these shifts for optimizing speed of service and um, adhering to new forms of acquisition will open the door for brands that choose to consider and tailor the dining experience? Do you think, you know, I always think for every yin, there's a yang. Do, do you think that's going to eventually happen after the luster of these shifts goes away? Um, I think, listen, it's, it's, it's everything again, that's happening in the boardroom. Uh, and it's the decisions that, that people are making to best suit what they feel is the direction that they want to go in and what the future of dining for whatever level it is, QSR, fast, casual, fast, um, whatever, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. Limited service. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Fine dining and stuff like that. So they're, they're going to make the decisions for, for um, what they want to do. And, and it, it, I think it has a lot to do with, with location as well. I mean, and, and rent and leasing and uh, availability. Um, If you, and and of course there's the, the labor shortage. Uh, All of these are going to have factors into, into how uh, companies are going to uh, determine what they want to do at a certain place at a certain time uh, for a certain amount of money. Um, Robotics is another thing that, uh, Sean DeVries, uh, who I've, I've met on LinkedIn as well. Um, he's, he's looking, he's, he's sinking his teeth into a little bit of, uh, uh robotics stuff. And I'm kind of helping him along the way, I think, um, by finding coming across these, these, uh, great, uh, articles online, uh, on LinkedIn, but there's, there's that factor too. So it's, it's really, um, it's, it's how, how, companies are perceiving what the future is and and how they want to uh, run their business uh, Starbucks I, I you know I used to go to Starbucks a lot and I'm gonna be honest with you I don't go at all anymore hmm. I, I just don't I mean uh, I use the app uh, when it came out I spent a lot of money too much money uh, and and uh, the local Starbucks closed so I just don't go anymore 
Interesting. Even when I when I go to a regular Starbucks, I don't use my app. I just pay. I don't care about you know points anymore. So that's just me though. But some right. people are like, hey, I just want the damn coffee. Uh, I'm going to do my app. I'm going to go and grab my coffee. I'm going to get on with my life. Yeah, I, I had a moment where um, I met a friend for coffee, and I went up to order, and I got back, and he was like, "Why didn't you use the app?" And I was like, "I, I don't know. I just didn't because I was here and I just ordered." But I think you're going to see a, a bit more of that. Um, you know, when we talk about that interior experience, for instance, robots, and um, even even a place like Brooklyn Dumpling Shop that um, I think has a lot of theater happening you know, behind glass, isn't there like a desire to stay and kind of hang out and, and watch? And how do you bridge um, the gap or um, manage a customer experience when you have two drastic use occasions? Meaning you have the, I ordered, I need to get in, I need to get out, which is a hustle, a bustle, it's a movement, it's fast compared to I kind of want to hang out in this place and I want to sit here with, uh, you know, uh, an associate or a significant other of some level. Um, how do you make sure that that hustle bustle doesn't interfere with that quality time? And it seems like quite the challenge. Uh, it would be, I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know that company that, uh, that you mentioned Brooklyn dumpling. Is it? Um, yeah, that's one of them, but you know, there, there's, yeah. um, there's a pizza robot co- concept yeah. and things like that yeah. happening. So yeah, there's a, a, a robotic paella maker in, in Italy that I, I posted something on LinkedIn about and nice, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's really interesting. So, I mean, it, it really depends on, on the footprint and, uh, what you want, uh, what, what you want to have in the front of house and back house, what percentage wise. Uh, but I, I think, um, Joseph, you had a good, good sort of thing. It's like, what if people want to stay and watch? Maybe it's a spectacle, mm-hmm. right? Where you, there's there's the way to get in and out, but also you know uh, an area where you can sit and, and just kind of watch the hustle and bustle of of what's happening behind the counter or behind a glass wall with these robots doing this stuff, and also watching the people, you know. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a hospitality guy. I spent a lot of years in restaurants. Um, I love social interaction, and I love watching people as well. And um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's I used to live in Whistler um, up here, not too far. It's a um, it's a ski town. Everybody pretty much knows what Whistler is in in uh, in Canada. But uh, I used to live there, and I used to uh, manage a restaurant. But it's it's it was always fun just to go into the village and sit on the patio, and it's um, it's patio rules. You know, you you're invisible. Nobody can hear you. Mm-hmm. And you just watch people go by, and and uh, you know sometimes you laugh at what they're wearing, um, or or you know people next door uh, at the at the other restaurants, what you know across the way, what they're eating, how they're looking at people, and stuff like that. So it's it's definitely. Um, something that that i enjoy doing so you know having a a, a qsr uh, a takeout place where it's 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 you have the option to sit and watch and still have your coffee conversation with whoever you're you're with but i think again it's more options of of, of what you want to bring to uh, that particular s- space so it's a conversation with the owner obviously uh, and we design for the owner. We don't design for mm-hmm. ourselves because, you know, we we are not the experts in the field of, of um, running a business and, and how the owner wants to do the concept. What we'll do is we'll, we'll take 
their vision and and bring it to fruition and bring it into um, you know a living space that uh, with conversations they they uh, they are hopefully you know uh, very happy with the uh, the final outcome. Uh, but that's you know that's what what I like to do. I like to I like to watch. I like to experience, and sometimes I just like to get in and get out. Yeah. So a lot, you know, we talked about the boardroom and, and those conversations, and of course, the experts that exist within large teams like McDonald's. There, there's some folks I know there, and, and they, they they're brilliant. I mean, they're the the deep expertise they have within the organizations is is amazing. Yeah. But that's them. And I think what ends up happening is those leaders lead by example. They they do things, they do all the research, and there's a little bit, or a lot of it actually, of emulation that happens on lower scale brands. And those lower scale brands could be 100 unit, they could be 50 unit, where they look up and they say, oh, they're doing it, must be a good idea, we need to do the same thing, but cheaper and easier and better or whatever. Um, and I, and I, think it's, I think it's a bit dangerous. Uh, however, it's the way of the world in your, in your experiences right now, if you're allowed to talk about them, um, how much of that emulation are you seeing? Because yes, of course you work with larger brands, but I'm sure you have mid scale as well. Are, are they simply, are you seeing a lot of this? Like, Hey, we used to do it this way. We want to do it this way. Cause we're seeing it happen. And then how do you approach, I think more consultatively guiding them on whether or not that's a good or bad idea, or at least the implications of, of the decision. Well, yeah, it is definitely happening. Um, the, the, the nice thing uh, about um, about LinkedIn and podcasts and and um, social media uh, is the, the the sharing of knowledge. And there's one thing that um, has really uh, impressed me, and and probably a lot of other people is is how the hospitality uh, industry came together. Um, sharing the knowledge, saying, okay, we, we did this, it didn't work, or we did this and it's working. And, and, and basically saying, you know, this is how we did it. And yes, there, there are the smaller companies that are looking to the, to the big guns, uh, McDonald's, Burger King, um, which are neither of my clients, but, um, they, they're, they're doing the right things. And, uh, they've got such a, a, a wealth of, 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 you know, knowledge and, and people that, um, you know, are, are, are working together and, and yeah, they're, they're sharing, they're sharing that they're doing it for one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably best up to the, the, the individual of this, of this, or the CEO or, or the team that they have to kind of look at that and, and take it with a grain of salt and, um, say, okay, well that's works for them, but I'm not sure if it's going to work for us, but maybe, maybe it'll work if we do it kind of twist it around and do it this way if they come to us with with uh questions and and need some um you know some uh, some of our expertise put into into play with it then yeah i'd, I'd be more than help, uh, happy to kind of you know help guide or or you know give my my angle a design mm-hmm. angle and and see what uh how we can help them because uh you know we're 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 trying to to you know have them uh, succeed as well so i think it's fun for one thing uh if um if they want to come to us and, and get our input and hopefully you know we we're, we're open and honest with it and um you know sometimes we play devil's advocate uh, but you know you need to hear both sides of the story i think but um yeah there are some 
some some companies that we're working with that uh, you know I, I'm finding that a lot of a lot of companies um, are looking for drive-throughs now, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's one lane, well, it's always one lane because I don't think the the there's a lot of um, developers that are going to say here I'm going to build a building with three drive-through lanes. It's not going to happen. Well, yeah, and the cost is just so. Um, well, it's, it's real big. estate. It's real estate, right? Because mm-hmm. three drive-through lanes take up a lot of real estate, which doesn't have a building on it, which you know is hard right. to charge rent. So, uh, I think one lane is for the, the smaller companies is is good enough, and and they're really working with it. Um, my my main client um, uses you know just has Zoom timers that they've installed, so they can track from when they get to the, the the menu board order and then get their food and get out. So they're tracking that. Um, they're also starting to install food lockers. And food lockers aren't cheap, right? So I think that's something that um, is they're, they're hesitant uh, on, on using. Now, you don't need 40 lockers, right? So you, and unless you're expecting right. 40 people to order lunch at once and come in and, you know, they're not, they're not investing in, in these huge lockers. They're, they're smaller. I think they need to look at it and, and um, determine the ROI and, and uh, what, um, if people are going to use them because yeah. you buy it and nobody uses it. Well, it's a waste of money. And, yeah. and so it's, it's very, um, it's getting back to the emulation and stuff like that. Yes. I mean, I've been chatting with various clients of mine saying that, you know, you don't need 40 seats in a QSR. You don't. Are you ever going to have 40 bums in 40 seats at one time? Mm-hmm. Highly doubt it. Right. Um, not to say that they're, they're not a good uh, you know company, but right. people aren't, aren't interested uh, as much as going to, um uh, qsr and sitting down when i was a kid and i went to the mcdonald's down the street it'd be packed all the time but not so much anymore you want to you want to increase your your back of house because whether you're doing um more prep work more fresh from scratch sort of stuff um more uh, takeout Right, so you need you need to keep the the kitchen going rather than the front of house going. So there's more storage, and you're not ordering as much anymore, um, you know. And also, uh, maybe you're doing a, a ghost kitchen or a, a something out of the out of the back door. Yep. Right. Maybe you're you're you need a different uh, refrigerator just for that uh, secondary um, uh, revenue stream. Whether it's a QSR or mom and pop store, it's it's very uh, very interesting to to you know to decrease the front of house, increase the back of house, and also make it more comfortable for the the people that are working in the back of house. Because in my day, the back of house was just cramped. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't thought of right. It's just we need dining tables, and the kitchen right. is the kitchen. The cooks are going to deal with it the way that they deal with it, you know. But it's changing. You know, we're putting higher ceilings in in the kitchens, you know, um, stuff like that, and and staff rooms and staff washrooms uh, where we can when we have the space, because you know it's 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 your you're really um, focusing in on the on the the cooks, which. 
has it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and it's, it's it's them that that make a restaurant tick in my mind. Yeah, it seems like there there's just like a <laughs> I'm going to make up a word here an octopusification of um, <laughs> of, of the uh, restaurant world. I mean, just, I mean, just thinking of the things that we just touched on right now. Emulation can be very dangerous because what you don't see is what it takes to actually activate each and every single one of these shifts that you you just mentioned and that we've talked about. Uh, for instance, drive through, great. At first blush, if you have someone who's never worked for a brand that has a drive through, it just seems like it's you get the system in place, the microphone, the headset, yada yada. You put someone there to take the orders, and you just do the orders. But that is the biggest understatement of what a drive through system actually is. And so my fear is that, you know, uh, leaders of smaller brands try to jump in the drive through. They do it poorly and people get frustrated. People don't want to come back. There's also another additional um, implication of all of those things that we just talked about starting to happen at once. And that's, that's what I mean by octopusification because it just seems like there's like many arms that have to happen. So now your kitchen, let's just say we, let's just say all of these trends converge. You have a kitchen that not only needs to master the menu to go out literally the front door, they got to master takeout materials that are going to hold in a locker scenario, um, as well as the issues of like, when do you fire that food? Is the person coming in right now? And what's right now? Is right now 15 minutes or is it five minutes? Um, you also have to teach them how to uh, deliver at scale for drive-through speed. Now, now the question is, okay, what's priority? The guy in line or the gal in line? Or is it the person that ordered ahead that might be here in 20 minutes, five minutes, who knows? Or the person who just, you know, boop, boop, booped on a kiosk out front? Um, You know, so which one gets those priority? Oh, and by the way, we have a separate menu that we're cooking and sending out the proverbial back door underneath a different brand. Oh, and we have that Uber driver slash DoorDash slash Grubhub slash whoever, um, who, who, who needs to pick up their food to take it to the person that ordered who gets the priority? How do you fire all of those? And then more importantly, how do you put an operational system around that to train people and prioritize talk about a nightmare? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, my head is spinning right now and I'm glad I'm an interior designer, <laughs> right? <laughs> not a QSR owner, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big piece of chicken sandwich to, bite off on um yeah or whatever it is burger um wrap bowl something like that uh it's 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 confusing uh but i think that the the ownership has to make those decisions and when they make those decisions um they can come to us and we can help implement um the the design of the space to best suit that yeah I think with each, uh, which each, each concept, whether it's chicken, burger, bulls, wraps, flame grilled chicken, stuff like that, uh, it's going to be a work in progress, and um, you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes, and you're gonna you know not, and you're gonna work your work around it, and you're gonna just kind of go with the flow and and um, adapt, and you know we're adapting. Yeah, we've been adapting, you know, even before the pandemic. 
it's just, you know, it's, it's a catchphrase. It's like everybody's pivoting and, and, pivoting. Adapting and, and <laughs> stuff like that. And, you know, we're, we're, we've been forced to, to uh, accelerate uh, how we think about um, restaurants and the design hospitality industry um, on, 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 in the office and in, in the restaurant. Um, it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting time that we're in still. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's going to keep changing. Now, when you talk about uh, organizing who gets priority, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, again, I'll go into to a, a Starbucks um, when I do, and then all of a sudden I, I order and I'm waiting, and then five people walk up and grab their to-go app order. I'm like, wait a second, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm face to face. What about me? Right. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of lost. So prioritizing is, is really, um, it's going to be a challenge for them, but it's something that they're going to have to manage through technology and tech is, is really huge. It's at the forefront right now. So, um, I mean, something that, that, uh, we haven't uh, talked about, which might help that is, uh, geofencing as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to kind of help um, with the right tech. Uh, well, if it's geofencing, you've got that tech. So I know that when I went to a, a Restaurants Canada um, or an RC show in Toronto, there was a company that was a POS system that used geofencing. So I would have my my phone, and I'd already have put my order in in through the app, and then. It, it shoots to them they make it and then i walk in the door and then they're they give me the bag it's like mm. here you go and leave I, I don't pay anything i just or i could do the same thing with with um the food locker but mm-hmm. it's it's simple it's it's just like i don't have to even open my mouth except to eat and and say thank you yeah, because that's important, right? So, so all of the all of these technologies, for the most part. So, this is something that started back when um, digital screens became prominent um, as as a means to um, display menus. Um, but some of the things we talked about, we we have these lockers. Um, if they're not the actual climate controlled lockers that open up, you know, the tech enabled ones, just cubbies. Um, we have digital screens, digital boards, um, kiosks, and, and the list goes on. How, how do you make those beautiful inside of a space? That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I mean, are those kiosks beautiful? They're, you know, on stands, they're big iPads. That's mm-hmm. all they are. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure about how, how to, to design those kiosks, but where do you put them is, is the question for, for us. And how do you deal with the flow of, of people coming in from every different direction, uh, octopusification of people <laughs> moving? Um, and um, that's just the, the design process where you have a footprint and you uh, figure out where the kitchen's going, where the front of house is going, where the entrance is, um, and, and the rest, where the washrooms are going, uh, 
restrooms and and then you just work around it and and try and um, you know sketch it out space plan it out and who knows in the end it might be beautiful right that's what you're you're trying to to accomplish is a, a beautiful space uh something that's functional so it's it's um it's just the process of design and the mm-hmm. first thing is is um you know the programming so I, I think that answers your question, but, uh, you know, it really depends on what the client brings to you, what, what they want to incorporate. And then you work with them to, to, to design it and, and program and, and space plan and, and come up with, uh, with a beautiful, um, footprint. Nice. Yeah. So, um, last question, um, what have been some of the most surprising shifts uh, or, or brands in general. So starting it off, like I was pretty surprised to see Panera try to go to a drive-through scenario. Um, just considering how long it usually takes to get Panera food. I just didn't think it was very much optimized for quick service, uh, in a drive-through scenario. Were, were there brands that you were just like, Oh my gosh, I never saw that coming or that's pretty wild. Um, there's, there's a ton more brands in the U S than there are in Canada. And, um, Will a lot of them work up here? Um, probably. Um, I mean, Canada and the United States are are, are linked uh, closer than 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 we think. Um, you know, we got uh, we got our first Chipotle, sorry, Chipotle in Canada <laughs> just yep. recently, and it's not too far from from where I am. And I haven't been there yet, uh, but uh, I'll make it there at some point. But um, you know, it's it's. Um, I don't know if I'm really surprised at a lot of a lot of the brands. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are doing the same thing, and they're they're feeding off each other. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they're doing the same thing, but you know, people want options to as I mentioned before, to, to pick up their food, to order their food, but they also want different types of food, right? So it's, it's the, the, the double, triple drive through at uh, Shake Shack um, that, um, you know, will make me go to Shake Shack. We don't have one here, but uh, that is, uh, is interesting. Maybe, you know, I, I like interaction of people and I wasn't able to do that um, during the pandemic. So, you know, I adapted and I, I did the drive through and I did the app um, and and it, it's easy, especially when I when I want to just go grab food and go back to the office and eat it or whatever. Um, but it's I think it's it's uh, we're moving in in a in a direction that is good. And it's also bad. Um, humans are interactive, you know, we're an interactive species and we like to, to socialize. And this is almost taking it away, um, but for good reason, right? It's nobody wants to get sick. Nobody wants to, you know, die for one thing. So the the hospitality industry is, is giving you the option. So you're safe, uh, you're healthy. Uh, even though a lot of the QSR food isn't healthy, air quotes, uh, but tasty for sure, and it's it's just it's the 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 options that um, that are great, 
And I mean, the, all this new concepting that's going on, like even uh, pre-pandemic, you know, Shake Shack, um, Taco Bell is another one. You know, Burger King came out with something new. And uh, just recently, uh, Papa John's, uh, which Papa John's is more of an American um, style uh, pizza place. But uh, we have many of them up here, uh, along with Domino's. You know, Domino's just rebranded as well. But um, you know, Papa John's is um, it's a it's a pretty pretty cool looking space, if, mm-hmm. uh, if you ask me. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll plug one of one of my my clients, uh, Mary Brown's Chicken. Uh, they rebranded, you know, uh, about two years prior to the pandemic, and and their um, their space is beautiful. I think it's it's a very unique looking uh, place, and and uh, I'll plug their chicken sandwiches. They're in my mind, they're they're, they're over and above um, everybody else's. But taste is a uh, personal uh, opinion, and but uh, it's well, unless you're talking about Popeyes, in which case that chicken sandwich is amazing. It's a good chicken sandwich, and that's objective. It is objective. Uh, it's a good chicken sandwich. Uh, I will plug my my client mary browns uh because it's a it's a really good chicken sandwich so um and and i just uh was was um not too long ago after the opening of the the mary browns in in my hometown fantastic i've been across canada i've been to newfoundland i've been to ontario i've been to uh, calgary and edmonton and and uh here in the lower mainland and had all the Mary Brown's chicken sandwiches, and they're really good. But this one, I tell you, there's just something about it. It's just excellent. That's so, going to be on my list of places to try when I get up to Canada. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll take you there. I'll buy a yeah. chicken sandwich, a, a big Mary chicken sandwich. They're they're really. I love good. it. So, I remember I remember seeing it, um, and obviously talking about it when we collaborated. Um, but I got to say, I, I was most excited to finally have a Tim Hortons. Um, because I'm a big hockey fan. And so I've seen Tim Hortons. I knew what Tim Hortons were, but I never had a chance to eat at a Tim Hortons. So my first trip to Canada, uh, on that project, I was like, I gotta go to Tim Hortons. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's when you think of Canada, you think of hockey and Tim Hortons. That's right. Tim Horton was a hockey player. Yep. Yep. It's, so. uh, it's, it's a, it was a moment. I'll, I'll be honest, but, <laughs> um, I appreciate your time and all your insights today. Uh, how can people find you and Hager uh, design international? Uh, well, uh, we have a website, uh, it's triple W Hager Inc.com H A G E R I N C.com uh, Hager Inc. And, uh, from there you can, you can reach out, um, you can find our links to social media. We're on Instagram. We're, uh, we're on LinkedIn. We're on uh, Twitter, although we don't use Twitter as much as, as, um, you know, the other, um, you know, Instagram, especially, uh, we're on Facebook and all our links are, are found on our website. Uh, I'm pretty active on, on LinkedIn and following some uh, some really great people, uh, made some really good uh, connections and, and friendships through LinkedIn. And uh, I'm learning every day from from uh, from people you speak to uh, and other podcasters in Australia, Canada, the UK, and um, following some really good designers and and just. You know, I'm I'm active there. So, if you want to reach out to me, give me a give me a DM and um, tell me what you're what you're about, uh, how we can help each other, 
And um, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have all those links in the show notes and do follow Carl on LinkedIn. Um, when you're not sharing insights, you're sharing a lot of great content from all those other sources. And it's, it's great to see. So um, again, appreciate your time, appreciate your insights, keep up the great work, and we'll talk real soon. Um, and you as well, Joseph, I mean, you're you're doing great work. And I, I really, uh, I really got to send kudos to you for, for bringing uh, many different uh, aspects and thoughts, um, thought leaders to to your show and uh, sharing sharing those insights with um, everybody designers um, restaurateurs uh, bartenders servers whatever it's it's very uh, it's very inspiring uh, to hear other people um, talk about what they do and uh, how they do it awesome. so thank you yeah. yeah thank you that's that's honored and humbled uh, <laughs> until next time we'll, we'll talk soon great If you love what we served up, please follow us at Vigor Branding on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Medium. Fork Tales is produced by the team at Vigor. Audio and video post-productions provided by Zencaster. Music performed by Jet Trash and licensed through musicbed.com. Joseph handles his own hair, makeup, and stunts. Copyright 2003 to 2021, Vigor Graphic Design, LLC, all rights reserved.